Hey, one more thing before you go. For an artist, the masterpiece is created by balancing lights and shadows onto a canvas. For the life artist, the masterpiece is created by balancing lights and shadows within his or her own life. Ever wondered if you could be a life artist? Do you want to see your life experiences in color rather than black and white? Stay tuned. In this episode, we're going to have a conversation with a shaman who's going to teach you what and how you can become your own life artist. Don't worry, we'll explain it all. I'm your host, Michael R. Hurst. Welcome to One More Thing Before You Go. Welcome back. My guest in this episode is Rodolfo D'Angeli. He's a mentor, he's a shaman, and a speaker over the past 12 years. There is company, Life Artist Mastery, and utilizing ancient ceremonies, which again we'll talk about. He helps midlife individuals reclaim their identity and live successful, fulfilling, and impactful lives. His mission is to encourage holistic healing, profound spiritual realization, dynamic personal empowerment, and lasting positive life transformations through the fusion of modern strategies and ancient practices. I'm really excited about this conversation. Welcome to the show, Rodolfo. Hey, Michael. So, so great to be here. You know, I was listening to your introduction. I was looking around. I was like, oh, who is he talking about? Um, you know, it sounds really cool. But uh, listen, I'm super honored and grateful and super, super humbled to be here with you today. And uh, I can't wait to do this. We had a little bit of a chat before all this, mm -hmm. and uh, I feel super connected with you. I feel uh, extremely um, on a very similar path, and uh, I can't wait to do this with you. So great to be here. Thank you for having me. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you very much for being here. I think that we are going <laughs> to create something that's going to motivate, inspire, and educate everyone out there so that you can take the opportunity to... Uh, transform your life into something better maybe move it forward in a positive way and and yes we're going to learn all that from you and i <laughs> so let's do this i appreciate it well i'd like to start at the beginning where did you grow up oh that's a good one i grew up in switzerland matter of fact i um i was born from italian parents parents that migrated to switzerland from italy in nine in the late 50s i was born in 69 and um my journey started in Switzerland and uh, progressed through Italy, then later on, and then eventually to Australia, where I'm, la I'm now. Um, I grew up with foster parents because six months into my life, my parents decided to give me away to foster parents. And um, as they you know, decided to go down the career path and, and make some money, and uh, I guess I was a little bit in the, in the way of the plans. Obviously, uh, of, you know, over the 54 years of my life, and, and, and matter of fact, last year, a big, huge turning point happened for me. Um, one of probably one of the challenging, most challenging times in my life. And even though I went through a lot of things last year was, um, I guess, um, maybe the missing link of it all, where I really was able to to see my story for what it really was not what i was told 
And so I was grown up until 11 years old with foster parents, with a, a, an auntie and an uncle. And so I barely saw my parents <clears throat> over those years. I saw them every so often over a weekend. And, and so my life from an early stage became one of uh, trying to fit in, one of... Uh, you know, learning to please everyone around me because I thought, what will happen if I don't? And who will take care of me? And as a young kid, as you know, um, we all try to survive in, in the best possible ways. And obviously we can't take care of ourselves at a, a, such a young age. But what we do very well is observe and we understand what to do to get what we need. And so for me, the need I had was love. The need my, my, I have was uh, protection, was survival and, and fitting in into yet another household, yet another, you know, boy or girl that was a part of the household, yet another bunch of toys that I wasn't allowed to touch for one or the other reason. So my life from an early stage was, was very much like that. And then at 11, my parents decided to to uh, have me back um, and so they picked me up and uh, there I was at my house with my parents which I, I didn't know really you know um, and so now I gotta start to try to do the whole thing all over again you know I gotta please these people now and uh, hopefully they are not gonna give me away again and um, at around 11 years old I was sexually abused by a, a family member by my cousin which you know, created an, another type of, of trauma that I carried on um, until 40 years old, really. And um, where I always thought I'd never be a man and never be able to take care of, of, a, of a good woman, never being able to, you know, overcome things. Because if I would be able to do that, I would have taken care of it when I was 11. Obviously, as we both know, um, it's very hard when you're a little kid, when things like that happen. And so how I was able to overcome that was able to see and acknowledge and ac accept that I didn't stand a chance. And so the first person I needed to, to forgive, to be able to carry on in my life was myself. And so I moved out of home at 19, got married a very early at 24, um, you know, had no clue how to be a man, had no clue how to be a husband. You know, my, my father was very jealous, very possessive. He wasn't physically abusive, but he was very controlling. Um, and so that was my, my reference point. So guess what I was doing when I was uh, with this, with this woman and, 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 and trying to be a husband, right? Control, possessiveness and, 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 and all of that, which obviously my marriage, I lasted four months and eventually I walked into a room and she's with someone else. And so that was the first time where I thought, okay, well, this people pleasing thing ain't going to work because whatever I'm doing, everything is not working and falling apart. I'm always the one missing out. Obviously I was delusional because I didn't see my responsibilities in all of the things that, I, that was happening right in my life. And so we separated and I started to go down the opposite path rather than being the yes man, the, 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 you know, acknowledging everything, giving, you know, this invisible transaction of me giving or buying love or buying appreciation. I started to go down a little bit more of a radical path. I, um, um, associated with people who 
definitely didn't have my best interest. And eventually I landed in prison. I was in prison um, at the end of 2000, oh, 1990s, that time. Um, and, um, you know, that was kind of like an awake awakening moment. Um, okay, like, can oh, I... whatever I'm doing, um, <laughs> you know, I'm, miss I'm missing the point here. Can I back? I, can I backtrack you just a little bit? Sure. Um, when you when you were nineteen, you moved out. Um, yeah. What, what I mean, I know what you do now. I know you know. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you're you're a shaman. You help other people. You uh, bring people forward on different paths. Um, mm -hmm. What did you want to be when you grew up? I mean, what did, did what was your? You want to be a chef? Do you want to be an engineer? Did you want? Do you have aspirations to be? What did you? Have, let me try that again. Did you have any aspirations to be? like something a firefighter police officer you know that kind of a thing that is such a great question man you know what brother i uh, i never had any aspiration like that for a long time in my life i didn't know what to be and what i wanted to be but then when i went home when i went home and reconnected with my family and tried to like i said before trying to fit in try to please these two people now right I remember my uncle took me on a building site when my, my father was a, was a construction worker and he brought me to this construction site to visit my dad. I was only a little, I was probably 11 ish. And we arrived to this place and I, re, I, I would never forget it was, it was a building site built on a slope and they were making these houses on this slope. And my dad was pouring concrete that day and he was at the top of this slope. And when he saw me, um, the crane that was holding the bucket with the concrete as it was coming down, my, my dad held on to it and came down in midair. So I'm a little boy seeing my father midair coming down. It looked like freaking Superman. Right. And you know what, man, I wanted to be him. I wanted to be him cause I craved him so much and I wanted to become a bricklayer. I just wanted to be him. Right. And so I, I said, as a young, at the early age, I said, you know what? I will become a bricklayer where everyone at school would say that that's a stupid job. You know, you know, teachers would try to push me to higher right. things, doctors and this and that, I have a, a bigger vision or whatever. But for me, it was that bricklayer. I want to become that. As a matter of fact, at 14, you know, got out of school. I, I wasn't good at school. I didn't, I had no interest in it. And I, I, um, I, you know, went on an apprenticeship at 14 to become a bricklayer. And I started my apprentice in 86. Um, I was a year later. So the first year was more like a helper and whatever. And then I became a bricklayer. I, I, you know, had my, 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 my diploma, whatever you call it. Um, and yet, um, I was never as good as my father. There was a time we worked together for a few years and I was never as good as him, you know? And I thought, man, I, I, I tried even this to connect with you, you know what I mean? But I will never be able to make it up, you know what I mean? And, um, I stayed at Bricklay until 24 and then I trained my career, which was still in construction until 2018, until five years ago um we um we lost our business and so on and um and then i embarked on this journey which i am on now as in 
you know, helping people and working with right. people before we had a seven figure business, 42 staff. And so my, my, my day was, a, was kind of scheduled in a different way, but yeah, that's, that's me. I wanted to be something that would help me connect with my father. It wasn't well, about me. And that's admirable. I mean, everybody, we all want to be some, something of our parents, you know, for a while I wanted to be, my father was a journalist. I wanted to be a journalist and you know, it's life put me in a different path. And life, life, how do I say this delicately? Life threw me on a different path for a different reason because my, I had a very dysfunctional family myself. And the, uh, my father was an alcoholic. My mother was an alcoholic. And, uh, you know, I, I started, I really wanted to be like him. I wanted to write. I wanted to be, I wanted to be a journalist. I grew up in a newsroom. I literally, like you did with the bricklay, mm. you watch your father bricklay. I grew up in a newsroom. I watched my father typing away at a typewriter. I <laughs> literally went to work at the same newspaper after he died. I went to work with the same newspaper that he was working at so that I could kind of be around some of the people that he worked with. But I, you know, I did it in a different department. I wasn't a writer. Um, but it, I was doing the same thing that you were doing. I think that's normal as children or, you know, as a son to a father. We want to be like our fathers. And um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry that you didn't, you weren't able to get that connection from, from that perspective. But, you know, I think that the universe sometimes puts us on a path that we're supposed to be on. And we don't always realize what it is until it is presented to us. And, in, in, you know, from that perspective and, and everything I'm sure that you experienced, everything that you went through, um, I'm sure that those life lessons are things that help you help others brother if i had the parents i wanted i wouldn't be the man i am exactly what we right. our stepping stones to get where we are at are ones that were laid there for a reason and mm -hmm. sometimes climbing those steps is difficult but once we get to yeah. where we're supposed to be it all fits so yeah absolutely yeah, so well done i mean it it, when you guys, when your father was a bricklayer and you were a bricklayer, was that in Australia or would you guys? No, no, I, I, um, we, I was in, in uh, Switzerland. So I lived in Switzerland until 2003. My nephews and great nephews, they're still there. My brother eventually moved from Switzerland to um, Brazil. So he lives in Brazil now. Where I uh, moved in 2003, I moved here. My parents migrated or went back home, back to Italy in 1993. So their time ended a little earlier in Switzerland. We stayed there because obviously we grew up, we all grew up there. Uh, we are not Swiss citizens in that sense. We, we all have an Italian passport only. But, um, but yeah, it was a time then, and that's, you know, that, that coming out of prison and... Um, and um, look into, okay, wh what am I going to do now, right? And so my thing was, well, you know what? I'm going to leave it all behind me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move away. And that happened because in 2001, out of a crazy situation, how life is, right? The divine timing. I was, um, it was the early internet and I was um, working on a, on a friend of mine's computer. I, I, had, I had done like a... Um, evening it course with a friend of mine and whatever and um and so this friend of mine asked me if i could help him out with his computer clean it up whatever it was and there was a chat going on back then called iCQ 
and um, uh, so I'm, I'm on this computer, this chat pops up and I start to communicate with, with this person. And um, long story short, this person is my wife today. But it didn't happen. It didn't start like that, right? We just met like that online. I'm like, oh my God, this is incredible. What the hell is going on? You know, this is a computer thing and chat thing and so on. But, uh, but yeah, I came down and visit her in, in July, a couple of months later in July, 2001. And, um, we befriended, we tried to, to have a relationship, but uh, you know, we, we were both people in pain trying to find themselves. And so the beginning wasn't working. So we tried, but it didn't. And, uh, but eventually, you know, when the time was right, we came together. So I believe that me leaving Europe was the way to go. And so I left family, my land, friends, everything to migrate down here believing that that was um you know it, it sounded very good you know and for the first year it was amazing so i landed in august 2003 it'll be 20 years this year i'm here it seems like yesterday that's how quickly time goes past and i i had a time of my life man i arrived here everything was new had a big home uh looking at the back of a golf course like a completely different and living in in you know burn Switzerland, uh, in a little apartment in the city. Um, you know, the weather was nice. Um, and I enjoyed every bit of it, you know, look for a job and had a sponsor and all, all of the things that made me feel like I arrived. And I remember the, pit, uh, the, the, the pivot point of the story was about probably about nine, nine months later, nine months after I arrived here, it was a summer night. A Thursday summer night and I was about to go to bed but it was so beautiful it was so warm and I thought you know what I'm gonna walk out to the golf uh, course and my backyard was pretty much uh, the green of this golf course and so I'm walking out there nice and warm and I lay down onto the green and uh, with my, the back of my head I touched the flag and when I looked up I could see the flag you know, going a little bit in the wind, it was very still. And I'm like, man, I, I, I freaking make it I made it. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, uh, life is amazing. Nobody's searching for me. There's nobody coming to my door. There's no bills anymore. You know, I had such a crazy thing going on, you know, back home. Um, and I left it all there. Right. So, and I didn't realize that was my moment where I guess, life spirit god whatever anyone believes in consciousness whatever it is was the moment it was taking me on a completely different path um and like i always say you know you and i can go to a nice restaurant we can have a nice meal a beautiful entree we can have a, a you know a, a drink up ahead and then we have a nice bottle of wine and we we have the desserts we have it all we have the music playing we have everything that is amazing. And yet there is a moment at the end of the night where the bill will be served and we will pay up before we can get out of that place. Right. And life does the same. I recognize now there's no way you're going to get out of here without paying the bill. And so at that moment, life started to serve me the bill for all of the things that I left behind and I just walked out on and it doesn't work like that. You can't just walk out and, as I later understood by from Seneca reading 
this beautiful, beautiful book on the shortness of life. He says, no matter under what sky you travel, you will always travel with yourself. And so even though I was on the other side of the globe, it was still me. It was still the man that was driven by ego. It was still the man who didn't know who he was. It was still the man who was scared of, le of being left behind. It was still the man who did so many things wrong from lying, deceiving, and all of the things just to, just to feel a part of something. And so life started to chop me down and, 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 and look for me. And um, I wasn't aware. I wasn't able to adapt. I resisted a lot. I didn't want to go down that path. I knew I had to look the truth in the eye, but I had no courage. Um, and so I escaped. I constantly escaped from the feeling, from the anxiety, from the depression, from all of those things that life was giving me all these signals. Hey, dude, you gotta make, you gotta make amends. You gotta take responsibility. You gotta make the adjustments. You gotta do this. You gotta do that. But I didn't want to, I didn't want to hear none of that. You know, my ears was shut. My eyes was closed and I had hundred fingers to blame everything and the world and everybody in it. it wasn't me. It wasn't my fault that my life was the way it was. It was my dad's fault, my mom's fault, my cousin's fault, my this fault, everybody's fault, my ex-wife's fault, my friend's fault, everyone but me. And so I kept running and running and running and running and running until I came a moment in 2010 where I'm inside my garage and all of a sudden I see this beam in my garage constantly lighting up, lighting up, lighting up, you know, and all of a sudden the, the weird thoughts that do come in, the pain was unbearable. I, I was imploding. I didn't know what to do. You know, now I had a woman, right? Now I was with a woman again. Now we're about to get married. Uh, I got a business now, uh, you know, again, that, you know, I started to nurture throughout the times, but I'm just a shell. I'm, 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 a, I'm in pain. I got panic attack after panic attack. I'm on one MG of antidepressants and anti-anxiety just to shut everything down. And then the day comes where, you know, it's a, it's another Thursday night, matter of fact, and I'm sitting on the floor looking at the rope, you know, around that beam. And I'm waiting for the right moment. My wife is thinking I'm training in the, in the, in the, in the garage. Um, and I'm just waiting for the right moment. And I have my back in the back of, so in the back of me, there was a, a bike. I used to, I, I used to race super bikes for a little short while. Anxiety took that pleasure out of me as well. But I always kept the bike because it always reminded me a moment of being alive. The moment I would close the visor of my helmet, um, I wasn't going out on the track to die, never. Um, but I felt that was the only time I felt alive. You know, I felt I, I, I felt a part of everything. I felt like I was dancing with this incredible powerful machine around the corners, and everything was still. My mind wasn't talking. Everything was just a beautiful orchestra of perfection. It was amazing, but eventually anxiety was, you know, be became so 
so strong that I, I, I couldn't go out there and drive 300 kilometers an hour down the straightaways and so on. And so I had to give it up, but I kept the bike. And so I'm, I'm, I'm sitting on the floor with my, the bike behind me. And then I feel this is the time. This is the time we get out of here. And so I, got, I get up and, and behind me is this window, which you could see out, but you couldn't see in because it was kind of like mirrored. And when I looked out, there was the back of my house, which was the lounge room where my wife was watching a show that night. And at the moment I'm turning around to farewell, she literally bursts out in this incredible laughter, like this hysterical laughter, right? Something happened in the show and she's just lost completely control and, and, and just, you know, laughed so much. And, and that was the moment where something in my, in my head, this voice in, in my head came, came through and said, there has to be more to life than misery. And that really got my attention. I'm like, there has to be more to life than misery? Man, I, I'm living misery 40 years of my life. What is more? You know, and, and I said, you know what? I want to know what that is. And so let's go and look for it. And so that was the turning point for me to go and look. What is more? Because I don't know what it is. And I remember entering the house and going to my wife and, and and we had a quick chat about what really was going on and and i knew there was a, a you know i felt not i knew but i felt it was a new beginning i didn't know what yet i was still on the antidepressant anti this anti that i was still depressed i was still anxious I was still all of that but i knew that there was, now it was time to do something and you know, brother, well, you know, I, 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 you know, I say divine timing because I truly believe that things come when you're ready. And I stumble on this quote. And the quote said, if you do what you have always done, you will get what you have always gotten. And that really jolted me because I realized for the first time in my life that I literally was doing everything always the same, you know, expecting that something would change, you know, and so I looked up this quote. I'm like, who, who is, who says something like that? You know what I mean? And, um, and it was by a man, which, which is very close to my heart, uh, Tony Robbins. Okay. And I looked him up and I stumbled on this website and there was an event one week from there, literally the week after in Sydney, I'm in Melbourne, it's about an hour and a half flight, an hour flight. And I call in front to my wife, she's in the front of the house, I'm in the office in the back, and I said, Grace, do you know this Tony Robbins guy? And she says, yeah, I think he's this speaker, this motivational speaker, American guy. And you know, brother, that was the first time I... And I never said that before. And I said, do you think he can help me? Realization. You know, it was the moment I realized I, I didn't know how. I just, it was the moment, the first time in my life where I said, you know, I don't know how to do this. I, 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 I tried, but I, I truly do not know. And I'm, I don't know what to do. So can this guy help me? And so we paid for the ticket, went to Sydney a week later and, and um, you know, went to this 
went to this um, place and uh, and now I am super depressed. I'm very introverted still today. Um, depressed, anxious. I'm away from home, which home for me was the safe space. And now I'm surrounded by, I don't know, 5,000 people jumping around, going crazy um, at this Tony Robbins event, which seemed like a concert. And I'm like, what the heck am I doing here? <laughs> I mean, what the, this is craziness. They're completely out of my comfort zone. But, um, but it was a great thing. It was, it was in, in, incredible. Helped me a lot. And so I signed up with a coach. Right, I'm like, okay, I'm done with the psychologist. I'm done with the psychiatrist. I'm done with the shock therapies. I'm done with the medication. I'm done with all of this. I got to try something new. And so I signed up with one of his coaches, which is still a dear friend today, um, a lady by the name of Sarah Baslow from Denver, Colorado, um, which, which has been my coach since then. And... Um, and so she helped me a lot and my business took off to seven figures. We employed 40 staff. We we're like making millions of dollars, driving $300 car, thousand dollar cars. I'm off medication. I am off everything. I'm feeling like amazing. Um, I'm like, dude, this is, this is it. This is, this is finally it a year and a half later. Boom, my depression is back. Boom, my anxiety is back. I got all the money in the world. I get more than I can ever spend. I am going back very, very quick. I'm like, hang on a second. I got, I got all this. What, what, what's wrong here? And so reaching out to my coach, say, hey, this is what's happening. You're going to help me out here because this is, this is not good. And um, so she tries this and this and this and this and this. And that moment I realized we are on two journeys. Not on one journey, we're on two journeys, the outer journey of achievements and success and things and the inner journey. Who are we? Who do we need to become to be able to live the life that we desire and deserve and believe we deserve? It's a complete different journey. And so the outer journey cannot fix, cannot, that cannot, Whatever we achieve cannot fill the void that is within us. That needs to be filled in a completely different way. Otherwise, we'll be always chasing our tail and spinning our wheels a thousand miles an hour to go to the next thing that hopefully will stay a little bit longer to make us feel the way we really want to feel. And so I realized, okay, coaching isn't it either. Psychology isn't. Psychiatry isn't. Coaching is for a certain type of thing. And yes, coaching can help you, you know, dive a little bit inside you and do some, you know, self-development work and whatever, whatever. But I realize there's something missing. There is something more than this, which I didn't know what it was. And so, again, divine timing, driving down the road, going to another um, construction site to, 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 um, to a meeting. I'm listening to this podcast and on this podcast is a gentleman talking about his journey to South America and his journey to shamanism and so on. And you know, brother, 
I'm sure you had that in your life. That is out of nowhere, something comes into your life and you know that is it. That is the thing that you have no clue about, but you know that is the missing link that you're looking for. Yes, I, I think that we all have that. I think we all have the ability that that, that is presented to us by the universe, the angels, what, whatever you want to say, the spirit that talks to us, but we, we have been indoctrinated to close our eyes mm -hmm. and to shut our ears. Absolutely. We grew up with, don't believe in that, don't understand that, so it's not real, you got to hide that. And I think that it takes us the opportunity for something like that to present itself finally, which I think was given to you. I mean, even, even you looking out the window, I mean, what a miracle to look out the window and see your wife laughing like that. It gave you a purpose in your life again to say, hey, I don't want to choose that role paying in there. I want to choose something else. So that started you on the path, although it may not have been the end result, it gave you the ability to take those steps. But you just had to listen and, and had to open your eyes. I think, I think we've all experienced that. It just we've forgotten how to listen, yeah. how to mm -hmm. see it, you know, how to hear what's happening uh, within, within that so that we can, can grasp that opportunity. Um, I mean, it, it, an amazing, it's an amazing journey, an amazing realization. And I think in, you, can, you can share it with everybody. When you have that realization, it is, it is an immense feeling from your soul it touches you deep inside and you kind of go, yeah, I, I think that's it. I think, I, I think that's it. Yeah. When I heard it, I knew that was me. Absolutely. A hundred percent agree with you. It was everything slowed down. I'm like, man, this is, this is, this has to be it. And he sounded really terrifying. His journey sounded terrifying and everything. But within me, I knew that this, this is what I needed to do. I needed to finally heal. I needed to finally understand my story. I needed to finally, you know, become the man that I was striving to become, that I had a glimpse of becoming. And so I looked into it and um, eventually in a, in a very, in a very funny way again, um, you know, I, 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 that same day, I, uh, as soon as I finished the podcast, I, I called a friend of mine, his name was is Robert. And, uh, and I said to him, and he was going through a, a tough time as well. And I said, man, you know what? I found, I found a way to happiness. I found a way to reconnecting and truly heal and so on. And so I shared with him the podcast and so on. And that was mid-year. Um, and for a little while, I didn't, I didn't um, pursue it anymore. I knew that was me. I knew that I needed to do that. But... You know, I needed the time as well. Obviously, you know, your company, this, that, the other. You can't just go places out, out, out of nowhere. And so uh, I kind of had it in the back burner. And one day, a few months later, he rings me and he said, hey, uh, could, I, could I borrow your tent? And I'm like, yeah, where are you going? He goes, yeah, I'm going away with, with my wife and um, we're going away for the weekend. So um, we, we need a tent, but I don't want to buy one. And can I borrow yours? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then I hang up. And as soon as I hang up, I'm like, hang on. Rob doesn't do anything below five stars. Where is this guy going with a tent? You know what I mean? So I ring him back. I'm like, dude, where are you going? And I got to know. I'm like, yeah, we're going camping. I'm like, dude, you don't camp. <laughs> you know, I know you. 
and uh anyway long story short he said you know remember that podcast and um so what happened his wife is a pt and one of her clients came to do a session and as they booking the next week she says no i can't do next week because i'm going to displace and she shared what it is and it was pretty much what i shared with him and so she goes home shares with him what what happened during the day he rings her out and she connects him to go with her he couldn't do that with me because how this thing worked was you had to go first before you can introduce someone else and so you know i'm, I'm like man you gotta take me with you take me with you and and he said i can't do it you know i i gotta go first and then i can invite you in and so he did and then eventually in, in february um 2012 i uh, i started to uh 2013 i started to um uh, my journey into shamanism here in australia with a guy that i worked a little bit with i had no clue how how the whole shamanic tradition and so on was because all i heard was on a podcast and so when i went to this guy i felt that that was a real thing um eventually i made it down to peru um eventually the call came for me to go and um that were then you know that that part of the story goes where um i started to work with real shamans with real um with people who devoted their life to the practices to the original practices thousand year old practices and um and yeah so my journey started to go up and down from peru and um and uh, first of all heal first of all it was always for my own you know benefit i never wanted to become a shaman it was scary to me still is today um and and it was just about me it was to to you know to to fill the void that i had but also now being able to you know combine the outer journey and the inner journey the plane was different the people that i was working with started to see something within me and um approached me and eventually you know pulled me into the practice as much as i tried to resist but there's a moment where you can't resist anymore you just have to do this is the calling and so uh, and so the journey started for me to learn and 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 to absorb all of these um you know the practice i follow is 3500 years old uh, it's it's incredible it's super ex extremely powerful um and that, and that radically has, changed your life right i mean it is oh, 3500 years old is that means it's at least i mean it's indoctrinated into into a system it's not man, just something it, that somebody yeah. invented a week ago or a couple right. of months ago and with a miracle cure it's right. 3500 years old which means it's been yeah. in use and i i believe in that i use and, and obviously this is not the same but similar i manage my autoimmune disease and my rheumatoid arthritis with um eastern medicine we use acupuncture mm -hmm. we use herbs yeah. we use meditation we use qigong we use tai chi um yeah, beautiful which, which isn't not the same thing as shamanic but it's a it's a five six thousand year old practice that mm -hmm. is well established and i have been you know i i it shows to me to be more healthy than i would be if i was on all the nine medications that they had me on 10 years ago that about killed me and you know it it's I think that when you find something like this, the shamanic practice within itself, I believe it, and, and help me 
to help everybody else understand um, what what is a shaman. So when we talk about the 35 Virgil practice, we talk about what they're teaching you. Um, we have an understanding now that it changed your life dramatically um, in, in, in what you use. So can you help us understand what exactly is a, a shaman and how can that help us? Yeah, that's that's a great question. First of all, I want to say one thing. Shamanism does not change lives. So what I mean by that, you go into a shamanic retreat, this type of shamanic retreat, we're talking Wachuma. This is the practice that I that I follow, also known as San Pedro. The medicine is also known as San Pedro, but the original in Quechua language name is Wachuma. Um, ayahuasca, you know, a lot of people know about ayahuasca and all of that. So there's three shamanic medicine, master medicines in our world, which is Wachuma, ayahuasca, and peyote. Those are the three main plant teachers, healers of our world. Then we have everything else. Mushrooms, kambo, all, all of the rest is... And I don't want to... I will never disrespect medicines and practices, so it's not a thing of below or above, but those three are the main component, main medicine teachers of the world. It's Sid. And so if someone goes to do a Wachuma retreat, ayahuasca retreat, or has the chance to do uh, participate to the um, Native American church, um, you know, ceremony, that day will not change your life. That night will not change your life. You'll have an incredible experience, very powerful experience, but that will not change your life. What will change your life is you integrating and using what has been given on a retreat like that from Monday onwards when you go home. That is the hard work. So for me, I always say to my guests, the ceremony starts on Monday. What you are going through now over the next six days is only rehearsal. And that rehearsal can be challenging, very challenging. It can be terrifying or it can be absolute bliss. It doesn't matter eventually will stop this practice goes between 12 and 14 hours so you just have to endure whatever is going on for 14 hours and then everything will be over the ceremony the real ceremony which is life that will never end and so on monday the ceremony starts and what you want to do is try to integrate and embody and do and implement the things that you have learned during the time of of a rehearsal so that is i want to make this clear because a lot of time you know people go to a place and say okay i'm gonna go here on friday i'm gonna go home on monday and my life is completely changed there's no more pain there's no more nothing and everything is done if you if you're looking for that it ain't gonna happen right you're gonna have a tremendous awakening but you will have to do the work it's not just gonna be given okay so that's important what is a shaman the shaman is a conductor between the invisible world and the visible world. What I do is I'm the bridge of the two. And my duty and only duty is to get the person connected to that space and then get out of the way. That is also a thing that you want to see within a person who does this type of work. If the, wor if the person is telling you that they are the 
the the thing that makes something happen for you you better run because what that's not what we're here for we are here to be a bridge between it and you and then get out of the way because practices that are this old medicines that are you know 3500 years old i say that because the first carving that represents the usage of wachuma is 3500 years old now i don't know how long before that the medicine was used obviously it's going to be a long 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 time yet the person is not the healer we live in a world today where everybody's a healer i'm a healer i'm a healer i'm a healer everybody's a healer they buy a drum over the weekend they go to a retreat and monday they are shaman as well you know my journey has been 10 years old and i'm it will never end my teacher is 83 started at 11. right this this path never ends so the journey never ends today i have done 700 plus ceremonies in my own life 700 cups of medicine going down my throat 700 plus times sitting with myself and with all angles on myself and you know going through the the process of understanding who are we you know so if this is something that 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 attracts you i also invite do not go to a shamanic retreat of this magnitude of this power Wachuma, ayahuasca, peyote, out of, with nonchalance. Like, yeah, this is my bucket list. I want to go and do this. Do not do that. Because these practices are very powerful and also very dangerous. And especially dangerous in, if they are served from the wrong hands. There's a lot of ego around, a lot of, a lot of um, self-made, you know, healers and, and all of that. So we got to be mindful. Yet, if you find the right space, the right guidance, the right medicine, the right thing that really literally calls you, because, you know, in shamanism, we always say it's not you going, finding the medicine, it's the medicine finding you. There's a moment where we are just ready and we feel a call, a very strange call, but it feels like it knows our name, it knows our address, it knows our soul, it knows everything, and it's like calling, come here. I got something for you. And so what we want to do is want to have a great intention, a very powerful intention. Why am I going there? Right? I have I have sent people home that had the wrong intention. Well, I I, I heard about this and I thought I, I would check it out and maybe, you know, this could help me. Ain't gonna be good. Because through a shamanic practice, it will come a moment where you will be challenged. It's not if, it's when. And if you don't have a right intention, you'll be in deep trouble. It's gonna be it's gonna be a painful situation. And I, I, so the intention is <clears throat> the most important part of it, of it all. Shamanism yeah. and life, right? Absolutely. I think that you know the what got me out of a wheelchair, what got me walking my daughter down the aisle was the intention to have it done in right. the first place. To made a choice i made a choice a valid choice that this was what i was going to do and i wasn't going to let it stop me so then i set into place the um opportunities in order to accomplish that from that perspective and and i know that you know your mission as a shaman is to encourage holistic healing um which you and i had this conversation prior to us starting that 
and and I've said it here many times on my podcast, you know, I believe in holistic healing. I think that we have the ability within ourselves to heal within ourselves. We just have to be guided correctly. We have to be able to provide, be provided with the right tools in order to do that. Um, so from what I understand is you as a shaman or who, whoever happens to be the shaman um, helps us with, with those tools and with that guidance uh, to kind of give us a more profound spiritual realization uh, and, and kind of a, an empowerment to know what opportunity we have to either heal, move forward, or empower ourselves uh, to be a better individual. Would, would you agree with that? Or did I miss that? 100%. 100%. 100%. At the end of the day, we are at the service of the teacher. And the teacher is not me, but the teacher is the medicine, is with what is within the medicine. That's my only duty. I am here to serve you because you allowed me to become a man. This is literally what this, what this work has done for me. It has healed. It has, it has completely transformed my life. But more importantly than everything, it allowed me to become a man. Right. And a better I, human being, I think. Right, I, you know, it's yeah. it's a man who is able to cry, a man who is able to express, a man who is able to, you know, be strong when he needs to be strong, and embrace his feminine part, the gentle, the nurturing, the compassionate part within. It's it allowed me to be in balance, right. right? That is definitely something that this work has done for me. I mean, I've been practicing this now for a while, a long time, and you know. Through our ceremonies, through our retreats, people have overcome depression, anxiety. They have overcome, you know, endometriosis. They, people had, you know, a, a woman, 41 years old woman, got a kid, right, healed, was able to have a baby. Now she's pregnant on the second time. Um, my wife mm. had cancer. We healed that. Um, so this work works if right. you allow it to work, right? And... So today, my approach, obviously not everybody that works with me is going to come to a shamanic retreat, but now the work I do is a combination of modern practices, modern strategies, right. and ancient practices, ancient philosophy, ancient ways of looking at, at life and at things. Um, and so as an amalgamation of the both, now I can, you know, bring pretty much anyone that comes uh, with whatever issue, if you wish, uh, they might bring, we find a way, his, her way to get through this. And not only, but to learn along the way and make perhaps the biggest challenges, turn those biggest challenges into the biggest teachers and perhaps turn the mess into the biggest message. And so this is, this is the, the the approach i use and um you know the first thing i do with people is bring them through this exercise that i call the wheel of life that gets them to to have a a look a a, a tangible look at their life the way it is because oftentimes you know usually my first word is or question is what is life for you what is it about life is blank what's the word right and and through that i understand oh wow okay i get i get the experience you're having about life right because if someone says life is 
life is a battle it's very different than someone saying well life is a dance you know life is life is is an uphill you know journey or life is a nightmare is very different than someone who says you know life is a journey life is a gift life is a miracle life is a blessing right life is life is a, a, a you know a mountain or whatever someone you know i used for me it was always a nightmare what's life a night nightmare life is a nightmare right so what is life for you right listening right what is life for me life is blank what is life that's a great question to ask ourselves right. i think it allows us to reflect within ourselves to decide and make that choice. Do we want to either better our lives or take the time to enjoy it more than what we have or recognize of something in the past we need to let go? Um, uh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. I've been, I, I didn't go through a shamanic journey with that regard, but I had to go through my own journey in regarding recognizing mm-hmm. that. I had to make a choice. I could have sat in the wheelchair and felt sorry for myself and taken a dark mm-hmm. path and thought, you know, I'm not good enough for anybody here. Um, you know, my my wife had to walk me to the toilet. That's very humbling for a guy that was a sergeant that had a team of 13 guys, uh, men and yeah. women, that looked up to me to lead them. And my wife had to help me on and off the toilet. So, yeah. you know, it it is, yeah, the very, very profound. Thank you for saying that. I think that uh, it's a very good question. What is life blank? And you answer that for yourself. I think it's how you can start and open up your journey. Um, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. And the answer you will give, <clears throat> that first answer, unedited answer, life is. That will give you already a glimpse at your life. What, why life mm. is the way it is, right? Life is a heavy weight. Life is a heavy weight. Life is, uh, you know, tragic. Life is pain. Life yeah. is, you know, gives you a foundation. You will to start understand building. really quick why you feel the way you feel or where you are right now, why you are there, right? And and so I I usually open that question with that relationship with my, with with the person I'm called to serve with that. What's life about? And then let's go through the wheel of life. How is life, right? Oh, life is, you know, ah, you know, life sucks. But where is it good? Well, life is good here, you know? Cool, let's have a look at life, really. And so I make this, this exercise, I call the wheel of life to actually take out what's in here, what mm. we what we believe is there, but we can't really see it. And now we're going to put that on paper. And the way I do that is I, I circle a, 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 a I make a circle with a little dot in the middle, and then I draw eight spokes, eight spokes: health, wealth, love, happiness, relationships, business or career time with yourself and spirituality and now we're going to go from the the dot in the middle is zero and now you're going to make two uh, you make dots for two four six eight so you're going to have zero in the middle in the middle and ten is the outside line and in the middle you have those dots representing two four six eight and now you go through it honestly with yourself because you can lie to me i don't care you can lie to anybody but one person you cannot lie to, even if you tried, is yourself. Because at the end of the day, when you go and brush your teeth, or if you're a man, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna shave, or if you're a woman, you gotta, you gotta do your eyebrows and all of that. You're gonna look in that mirror, and if you cannot look in that mirror, if you cannot 
bear watching yourself in the eye, then there's something wrong. You're lying with yourself. So this exercise, you can't lie. You should mm -hmm. not lie. So health, what is health? Zero to 10. How's health for me? Am I overweight? Am I this? Am I that? Am I tired all the time? Am I blah, blah, whatever, right? And you put a dot in there. Cool. Health is five. Usually we inflate the numbers by one to two, but keep it as real as possible. Health, wealth. How is wealth? How's my finances? How is the control over my finances? How, how, how much do I, you know, do I, do I make? How do I, do I, you know, um, um, the word in English that I'm trying to find is manage. <laughs> there he is. Um, and all of that, my health, right? My wealth. Love. How's my love life? How much love is in my life? How much love is from my partner, from my kids, from loved ones? How much love is in my life? One to ten. Happiness. How happy am I? How much happiness is in my life? One to ten. You know, and, and, and being open at the next one relationship. How are my relationship to the outside world, to the other people, to other people, to my friends, to my colleagues, to things? Am I calling anybody? Am I reaching out? How do I nurture my relationships? Business career, same thing. Am I loving what I'm doing? Am I good at it? Am I trying to be as good as I possibly can? How fulfilling is that? Boom, another dot. Now the tricky one, time with myself. How much time with myself do I spend yeah. sitting on a couch doing nothing? No book, no phone, no music, no nothing, just you. No earphones, just you. How much time by yourself, with yourself, do you spend? Go out for a walk, looking around, feeling, wow, this is actually beautiful. One to ten. And then the last one. How connected are you to something bigger? We're not talking religion, right. but is there something? Do I feel, am I connected? How connected are you? How much a part of everything do you feel uh, a part of? One to 10. And so once you've done this little exercise with all your dots, you take the, that same pen and now you connect all of those dots. Boom. And there you see how life really is and how it looks like. And if it's round, you're gonna, you're probably having a good time in life. But usually that wheel of life looks very edgy, very flat at places and so on. And so now you're gonna imagine if that was the wheel mm. of my car and I was going from Arizona to, I don't know, Austin, Texas or whatever, right? Or Melbourne to Sydney for me. How comfortable would that ride be? And you know, it doesn't matter what a car you have. You, you, you can have a crappy no. car or you can have a, a, a super expensive, you know, Mercedes S class, whatever. If your wheel is out of whack, it's going to be a tough ride. 100%. So this is the first thing I do with people. And there's a connection, as you see, shaman, shamanism and a modern practice, right? It's modern practice. Okay, one to 10, little circle, little spikes. But now it is shaman, shamanism is the moment within the ceremony, within your experience where the plant, the teacher within the plant will come for you to go through all of those things and really call for your honesty, integrity, authenticity, and really answer honestly and say, you know what? 
yeah, I, I need to put some attention in here. I need, oh, I, I need to be a bit more grateful. Oh, I need to have a little bit more attention. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what I mean? So it helps, that balance, is, helps to balance all of that. Helps to balance, helps to, to understand, balance. right? And, helps can to I, understand where am I here? Can I ask you this real quick? Right. Um, sure. So the, I see, I may mess this up when I pronounce it. I will, I will cost. Ayahuasca? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I can talk. <laughs> I bet you do, my friend. Ayahuasca. ayahuasca how, how does yeah. something like ayahuasca, how does that help with that? Um, and when, when we get done with the conversation, I'll, I'll, I'll relate something to you when, when we're finished. But um, how does something like ayahuasca, ayahuasca help us to understand that? Uh, my wife has, has, knows a little bit about it. I was just kind of introduced to uh, the possibility of that just recently, actually, ironically enough, uh, prior to us connecting, really, which I thought that was kind of mm. unique um, from the universe. Uh, uh, how does that help through us through this process or to recognize that process? Ayahuasca, also known as the mother, is a very, very, very powerful, very powerful medicine. Um, look, I get goosebumps when I when I start talking about these these things. Um, literally, I get goosebumps all over. Um, the mother is is literally the mother. <laughs> it really feels like the mother, you know, the nurturing, very powerful, but loving and caring um, encounter with something so much bigger than us now the, the the moment we 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 connect with the mother mother ayahuasca is is a, is a moment you you will never forget how does it bring us through the wheel of life ayahuasca like wachuma like peyote will present you with the silver platter of your soul and put it right in front of you and go and so that you can have a look at who am i what is life about why is my life the way it is where are my responsibilities where am i where have i created all of the things that are going on in my life and all of that so madre ayahuasca like wachuma they present your life on a silver platter and sometimes it's painful it's terrifying it's the the deeper down the layer you go it's like the onion and you just start peeling and peeling and peeling and gets darker and darker and darker and that's the place that most people don't want to go to most people who have gone through trauma have gone through something they want to delete that out of their life they want to they want to push it away they 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 spend their whole life like i did for 40 years pushing away that pain pushing away those memories pushing away those feelings pushing everything away and in the meantime we forget to live where what if you could give pain so much love to turn it into happiness what if you could do that? How would life be then? 
What if you could stop pushing and start embracing? What if you could stop fighting and start dancing with that pain, with those memories, with all of the things that life has given you? I remember Grace, when she was diagnosed with cancer, she said, why me? And I said, that's a wrong question. Why not you? Who would you give this to? Who would you give this to? Who would I give the pain of being abandoned as a little boy from six to 11 and being sexual abused and all of that? Who would I want to give this to but me? It was given to me. And sure, we are at a time on our life that we don't understand. And I get it. I didn't understand. But there is a moment we have to. We have to understand. What if all of these things happen for us, not to us? What if we don't have to go through a healing process? We don't have to do things, but we actually get to do those things. Life is completely different. And so what does ayahuasca, what chuma, and all of those things do? They allow us to see our life for what it is. Not the story we have created to cope with what happened. And you know, we live in a world where you go online, Instagram, Facebook, or anywhere, everybody wants to give you a coping mechanism. Everybody's telling you over and over uh, about how your pain feels like. And if you feel that way, you probably have that. Um, if Five ways to recognize anxiety. Number one, number two, hey, dude, I lived with it for 40 years and nearly killed me. I know how it feels. You don't need, I don't need a reminder just to feel part of a, of a tribe of painful people. And trust me, I was one of those as well. Yesterday, I saw a quote that said, um, are, you, are you living or are you thriving? Uh, sorry, are you, are you surviving or are you thriving? And are you ready to start thriving today? Trust me, if it was as easy as one, two, three, we all would have done it. It isn't that easy. The reason why it isn't easy, because once we go through that surviving time, we create systems, we create patterns, we create mechanisms that help us go through. We associate with particular people, groups, that make us feel a part of something. And so telling that person hey, you're anxious, you're surviving, let's start thriving. It's not that easy because to start thriving, you've got to let go of all of those things. You've got to let go of all the things you know, all of the beliefs, all of the system you have in place, all of the crowd you have around you, all of that. And even though anxiety, depression, and all of that sucks, trauma sucks, you know how it feels like but you don't know how the other side feels like. And so that is something that scares us. And so, yes, this sucks and I don't want this no more, but man, I don't know what's gonna happen today. And how are people gonna perceive me then? What if I turn my back to those people, to this crowd? Who am I gonna be over there? Am I gonna find someone that's gonna embrace me as these people do? So I'd rather speak about anxiety and depression and my feelings, how, I, how bad it is and how it never will change all day long. At least I feel a part of something. And so ayahuasca, wachuma, that's what they do. They bring you in front of, of the way you are living. They bring you in front of all of the pain. 
They push you to let go of the judgment and start to embrace it. They start loving that part of you as well. That's where the life artist terminology comes out, right? That's why my program is called Life Artist Mastery. It's the moment where we like, okay, I know I have a lot of light. I'm a good person, right? I am a good, we're all good people in our soul. We are the same in our soul. We all same in la kecha la kin. I am another yourself, right? And so we have that light or we have the darkness as well, but the darkness is sort of repel because we don't want to be there. But we have to have both. Because a beautiful painting that you go to the Louvre or you go to, 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 to you know, the beautiful museums, you go to people travel across the globe to go and see what is their masterpiece. It's a masterpiece because the, it's a masterpiece because the artist was a master in balancing shadows and lights. And so what if we became the master of our own life, the artist of our own life and start to embrace and balance those those shadows and those lights within ourselves, the things that happen for us, but also the person we are becoming because of it. In 2015, I went back and, and, and reconnected with my mother because I realized that I could never be the husband my wife deserved if I didn't fix or healed my relationship with my mother. I had to. There was no other way. Because my, my wife did not receive <clears throat> what she signed up for on that day. I was playing at 70% at best. Because there was also, there was still something within me that was judgmental and resentful and so on. And if I do that towards the most important woman in my life, which is a mother, guess what am I going to do to any other women? I will hold back. Because I will protect myself from being hurt. I will protect myself from being judged. I will protect myself from going through pain again. And so I enter this silly trade of trading love for connection. And so I'm not going to love anymore. I'm going to connect with you. I will love my kids. I love my cat. I love my dog. But I ain't loving my partner fully because what mm -hmm. if I get hurt? And so now I'm entering this invisible transaction again. This is all shamanism. It's all invisible, but real. And so shamanism brings us to those places that lets us understand and see the, the, the path, the energetic path of the interaction of the transactions. Am I doing what I'm doing because I want to do and get to do them and this is who I am? Or is there an invisible transaction? I'm doing this because there is a thank you coming back. Or I'm doing this because it's, it, someone will see me as a good person. I'm doing something because I will get something in return. And so now you're, doing a, you're having an invisible transaction and you are not being honest. You have no integrity. You are right. doing it just because you're receiving something or you're hoping. How many times... Have you come to a crossing and you let a car through and the car, the, the person in the car did not acknowledge you and you said, man, you could just say thank you. Ha, huh. you made an invisible transaction. You didn't stop because right. you wanted to stop and that's what it is. You stopped because something un 
subconsciously was looking for the reassurance that you are a good person. So shamanism, wachuma, ayahuasca, those are the things that they do. They expose all of those invisible things that we energetically tied to us and through my program, program Life Artist Mastery, this is what I do with people. I go and help them go and find all of those things a part of healing the trauma, healing the past, healing those things, forgiving oneself so that we can forgive someone else because people say, yeah, no, I, I, I can forgive someone else. Yeah, cool. How about you? Well, I find it a little bit hard to forgive myself. Great. That's great to know, but know also that if you can't forgive yourself, you can't forgive no, nobody else because you're just pretending. Last year, I went to Italy and Grace and I decided to go to see my mom. My mom is 90 years old this year. And my mom, through, through the whole thing that happened over the last couple of years, was very lonely, she, so she said was very lonely and um, you know she had nobody going to visit and so on and so forth and since 2015 when we had this reconnection we had a beautiful relationship uh we saw each other a couple of times for a few weeks at a time over the years and we communicated every single day over skype well it's amazing beautiful relationship and so last year grace and i made a big decision and said you know what what about we travel to Italy and we look for a house and a house big enough for us, for us all. And we get our mom, my mom to live with us until the end of her days. And so I get to a little selfishly get a little time with my mom, but also do what seems to be right. And so we left here. We didn't give up the house, thank God. And we went to look for a house. We went to spend time with my mom. So we moved in with my mom. Uh, in her little apartment and um 10 days later living with her after i moved out 19 years old was the first time i i, I lived with her the first 10 days were amazing we had a great time it was summer we went there the 20th of April, of may last year so about a year ago nearly and we had the time of our life for 10 days and then on Saturday, we live close to the biggest lake in Italy, Lake Garda. And I said to my mom, hey, I'm bringing Grace to the lake today. We're going out. Beautiful day. And she said, yeah, that's fine. That's awesome. Have fun. Awesome. We went. We came back. We left around 11 a.m. We came back at 9.20 p.m. Walked into the house. And there was a light coming out from the, from the kitchen. And so I realized my mom was still awake. And as I come around the corner, she's sitting at the table in the kitchen, looking straight at me coming from the door. And she said, do you know what time it is? And I said, 9.20, 9.25. And she gets out of the chair, comes towards me. And she says, if you think that you're here in a holiday, you can go back to where you came from because I don't need you. You're here to look after me and stay with me every single moment of the day because I need company. Wow. Now, go to your bed and think about what you did. 
Wow. I am 54, my mom is 90. And I'm like, wow, where did I see this before? And so for the next three months of that, I got to know my mom. I got to really know my mom. And I got to understand why she gave me away. I got to understand all of the things, all of the things, right? I was in the way. My mom is very narcissistic, very, very controlling, very, very manipulative, unfortunately. But this is what I had to see. And you know, this is the time, one of the time where the work I do was more than ever tested. And there were times that I, man, there were, there were several, like, man, over three months, the, the amount of time I cried in bed at 9 a.m. in the morning, um, saying, man, I don't know how much more I can take of this. Countless. Yet every morning I would get up, quarter to eight, prepare a breakfast, prepare a coffee, bit of milk in there, the biscuits on the left, her eye drops, her medications ready every day, every day. Because you know, what if the people that are hurting us, what if they are just showing us what not to do? What if they show us how not to be? And so we can take that as something that happens to us. Someone is nasty, someone is, you know, and trust me, my mom, man, the, the things my mom told me, it's, it's, it's out of control out of control, literally out of control. And so clients and friends would say, what are you doing? They come back home. And I'm like, you know what? No, because if I do come back home before this lesson is over, I will not get it and I will not grow from it. You know, it was really a matter of, and I make, I, I have these exercises I do with people where I grab two flowers. I grab a white flower and a red flower and I show them to people and say, <laughs> Which of those two flowers would you like to receive? <coughs> white or red? And so they might say red. They might say white. I say, cool, I give you the opposite. <coughs> the one you don't want. How is it now? How you feel now? It's, it's nice, you know, still nice. And I say, a little disappointed? Yeah, a little bit disappointed. I like the other one better. Great. Now, what if you can see the flower, not the color? What if you can see the essence, not the curtain? This is shamanism. Go behind the curtain. So what if I can see my mother, not what she's, not her physical body, what she's doing, how she's acting? What if I can bypass all of that? And you know what I have for my mom? If I can see her as the essence, which is motherhood, there's only love. There's no room for judgment. There's no room for nothing like that. It's only love. And that is the moment where the shamanic practice or life artist master, where I bring people to get to that place where anything that happens, what if we can see through it? What, what if we can see the bigger part of it all? It's like when people lift the cup and awachuma or ayahuasca, for that matter, tastes very, very bad. And so when people come for the cup and got to lift the cup and you got to drink that medicine, it's whoa. And I, 
can feel that energy that that repelling that yuck oh god and i always and i always whisper in the ears see the teacher within the cup and all of a sudden the taste just changes it's like it's like hot chocolate because now we are seeing beyond the curtain that duality presents us what if we live the life of non-duality what if we could really always see in I am another yourself I am just talking to myself here I am literally having a conversation with myself and if I can see that at all time if I can see that in our pain if I can see that within all of the things that life has given us the life changes straight away then you can go from suffering and surviving to thriving because there is no suffering if we can see the essence of it and what the power behind it all the things that it really can do for you if people are bad to us or nasty to us what if they roll which is quite an honorable thing what if they roll to come to earth was to help you grow what if they were there to show you how not to be what not to do and all of a sudden guess why you have a, the biggest lesson of your life and if you embody them like i said in the ceremony rehearsal now the ceremony is back on monday when you go back and you will re, and you implement and integrate and and use all of the things you've been given how is life then and more than that in spanish we say Yo bebo esa medicina para el bien de todos. I drink this medicine for the good of all. It's not about us. Interesting. Right? It's not yeah. about us. We don't go through the pain, through all of this, through this adventure of life that life is for us. What is that? That is how most people go through. That's why they're anxious, yeah. depressed, and and, and 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 disconnected and lonely and 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 in despair all the time. Because me, me, how has that happened to me? How can you do it to me? I left you through the 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 crossing. How could you not say thank you to me? Yeah. Who are you? That's society today. I think it's all about me, 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 me. Right. Uh, and I, obviously, we're human beings. We all go through it. I, I when I first 100%. was given the diagnosis, yeah, I was given the diagnosis that I was given, and it's like, why me? I was a good cop. I was a good person. I was a good father. I was a good husband. I was a good son. You know, kind of a thing. I was a good brother. Why me? You know, I was doing good with my hands and my eyes because I was catching bad guys, putting them away. I worked domestic yes. violence for like four years straight, specifically domestic violence. I put some very bad people behind bars. You know, it's, it is, it, I think it's a question we all have to ask ourselves. But at the same time, there's always, it's like that old Elvis Presley song, walk a mile in my shoes. Mm. If you walk a mile in my shoes, you'll understand a little bit more of what I'm going through, what I feel, why I feel the way I feel why i'm in the circumstance that i'm in kind of and it gives you more compassion it gives you more empathy yeah. it allows you to take um, like you said go behind the curtain and see a little more of why somebody's grumpy why they're a little snappy why they're a little irritable why they're in pain you know it i think it gives a great foundation from that so there's brilliant brilliant words what a, an amazing opportunity
I I do have to say this though. Let's talk about how to get a hold of you. This I, I could talk to you for another another hour, which I think I think you should come back and we'll do another part two because there's so much to. more people to. can learn. Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> uh, absolutely. But let's um, let's yeah, let's talk about how somebody can get. Whoops, just a minute. Let me try that so I can cut that out. <laughs> that's all good you can find me on instagram by the way i just have a brand new instagram I had to start because i i got hacked by bots and they, they killed they killed my challenge but but rodolfo de angeli on instagram uh rodolfo de angeli on on uh, TikTok, um on uh, facebook rodolfo de angeli uh, life artist mastery is my group on facebook um my my uh my podcast life artist radio over there um and yeah just reach out perhaps the best thing on on instagram send me an a, a you know direct message and happy to go through that uh, wheel of life with you personally and just mention um you know the show and and all of that and i'll be more than happy to jump on a call with you for an hour and really do that wheel of life with you it'll be an absolute honor but yeah if you if you liked you know the show perhaps reach out they love to connect and um but yeah that's that's where i'm at instagram rodolfo de angeli TikTok, um twitter and, and your website everywhere it's my name <laughs> and then the website's up here on screen for those of you that yes. are listening to the podcast it is yeah. www.rodolfi dean rodolfo de .com. and actually i got a brand new challenge going on right now called seven day gratitude challenge.com where you know um we're gonna go together on a, on a little challenge every day one day at a time um you know reconnecting with gratitude but also set a little foundations and some great tools that i'm sharing with you there um so seven day gratitude channel channel seven day gratitude cha uh, journey sorry let me say this again seven day gratitude journey dot com there it is <laughs> yeah we we have something in common our brain works faster than our mouth <laughs> oh my god is it ever <laughs> yeah yeah our brain works faster than our mouth um i will have my, i will make sure that those are in the show notes for everybody so that you have an easy way to just to click it and connect uh this is one more thing before you go, Rodolfo. Do you happen to have any words of wisdom that you'd like to share with our viewers and our listeners? You know, Michael, and and I, I, I love to share this next time. I believe the most important words in our life are thank you and sorry. And <clears throat> at this moment, the right word is thank you or allowing me to come on and and just be me and share a journey that is not any different than yours or anybody listening because in like lacking I am just another yourself so thank you Michael for having me here I can't wait to do this again but I can't wait to stay connected with you and um and um yeah go on from here very thank profound you. my 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 heart and soul are with you as well thank you very much i'm honored by you being on the show i look forward to having another conversation and sharing some more wisdom with everybody so um thank you very much for connecting and for reaching out and uh, i'm so glad the universe put us together so thank you to the universe uh i look forward to another conversation down the road i will have all, everything in the show notes for everybody to reach out to you 
please reach out, mention the show one more thing before you go. When you do reach out to him and uh, you'll have a little something special and extra. So mm. for now, thank you very much. Have a great day. Have a great week. And thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of One More Thing Before You Go. Check out our website at beforeyougopodcast.com. You can find us as well as subscribe to the program and rate us on your favorite podcast listening platform.